0: And this is simply a platform to share these empowering Kiwi birth tales with you all. In this episode of Kiwi birth tales, I speak with Kaylee about the birth of her daughter Tilly and her son Percy. Kaylee takes us through her first birth which was obstetrician led and in the hospital and then through her second birth which was with a midwife and that was at home. So two quite different stories both really fast labours and Kaylee tells us some really interesting information about not only her births but also adjusting to life with a newborn and then two babies. So thank you for joining me on the podcast Kaylee, and I hope you enjoy the story. Hi Kaylee. thanks so much for joining me on the podcast today. Thanks so much for having me. No worries. Would you like to tell our listeners a little bit about you and who's in your family? Um, so as you just heard,
1: my name's Kaylee, and um, my partner Sam is the father to my children um, <laughs> and we've got two kids, um, Tilly, who's three, and Percy, who's three months. Um, and we've got a dog called Pepper and that's us. We're <laughs> in Wellington and yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. Awesome. That's Very about cool. it. <laughs> And what was the journey to pregnancy like for you and Sam?
1: It was relatively straightforward. We um, uh, it, actually, in 2014 ish, I think, um, I just went in for like a really regular smear test and they picked up um, on abnormal cells. Um, so they wanted me to go to a specialist and get checked because uh, they thought it might be precancerous or. Um, whatever the, their terminology is for that. So I did, and, um, the specialist confirmed on the day it's definitely not cancer, but she was like, I'm 99% sure you've got endometriosis. Um, and my mum had it quite extensively. So I just, we just made the call then and there to, um, go and get the op because they can't fully confirm endo until they've done yeah. the operation. Um, so yeah, at the end of 2014, I had an endometriosis surgery and they found, um, quite a bit of it. It wasn't super extensive, but it was, it was quite extensive for someone of my age. So yeah. they took that all out and the specialist obviously said at the time, like, you know, if you want to have children, it's probably best to do it sooner <laughs> after your operation rather than leaving it too long and letting it build back up again. Cause it will just build back up again. Right. Um, and I had to go off the pill for that operation. So I just never went back on. Um, and a year later, Sam and I were just like, my dad had had a heart attack. Sam's mum had had breast cancer. They're both fine, thankfully. But we were just like, what are we, what are we actually waiting for? Like, isn't Timing's never going to be perfect. Let's just try to not try. Um, and because I'm a secondary school teacher, I wanted to try and time it with the school holidays like, in a <laughs> yes. perfect world. Can I try and time this with the six week school holidays so I can make the most of time off and Christmas holidays and whatnot? So um, we started trying January, February, I think of 2016 and it didn't work the first month, but it worked the second. Um, oh. And yeah, we, we just carried Tilly through from there. <laughs>
0: yeah awesome, and with the endometriosis, did you have like many symptoms that came with that, or absolutely that like? none yeah, none okay. at all
1: um my mum had always complained so badly, you know, come that time of the month and terrible yeah. back pain and just really um irregular periods. I had none of that, nothing yeah. at all. Yeah, that's interesting, yeah, so it was really interesting to go through all of that, and I was just really lucky that um. I was still on mum and dad's private health insurance, so I
0: could go
1: go for that surgery sooner, you know, rather than waiting for really
0: long. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Awesome. And how did you find out that you were pregnant?
1: Um, So we had been actively trying to get pregnant Yeah. um, and I had thought it was going to take a really long time. The specialist had kind of said to us, oh, you know, expect it to take somewhere in the ballpark of a couple of years, you have had quite an extensive endo. Um, So although we were actively trying, I was, we weren't like super onto it. Um, But I had just started a new job and I was really emotional and I was like, what is going on? I had this really weird metallic taste in my mouth Mm -hmm. and I was like, oh my gosh, I think that I might actually be pregnant. And then I was like, no, it's supposed to take two years. I can't be pregnant. And on the way home from work, I got a pregnancy test and came home and I didn't tell Sam I was doing it because I didn't want to be like silly or him be like, (laughs) um, so I did it. And then I just remember coming out of the bathroom and being like, I know why I've been such a psycho lately. And he was like, why? And I was like, cause I'm pregnant. And we were like, ah, (laughs) (laughs) yeah.
0: (laughs) Yeah. So that's how we found Sam. Yeah, very cool. And what was the sort of pregnancy experience like? From there did you have many symptoms in your first trimester? Um I had pretty severe morning sickness.
1: I just couldn't eat anything ever. Yeah. Um and it it went right into like the 20 week kind of mm. time for it. it just never seemed to let up. Um and somewhere between the morning sickness ending or when it's supposed to end or whatever. I got really, really bad. Um, like I think it's prenatal or <laughs> during pregnancy anxiety,
0: it's so uh, antenatal, I think they call it.
1: Yes. Antenatal anxiety. Oh my goodness. I had never struggled with, um, any sort of mental illness before. And as soon as it kind of happened, I was like, what is this ball of fire that's sitting at the top of my chest that just will not go away? Um, yeah. and everyone kept saying to me, what, what are you anxious about? To talk it through. But it was nothing. I couldn't put my finger on anything. I couldn't mm. explain anything. It was just this huge ball of anxiety that sat, like I said, right at the top of my um, chest and it never went away. And, um, I just couldn't eat with that as well. So I don't really know when the morning sickness stopped and when the, um, kind of anxiety bit of it kicked in. But yeah, I struggled to eat anything through my first pregnancy. I was, um, I was really, I was almost smaller at the end than I was before starting. Mm. Um, Yeah. So yeah, that was interesting.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And how did you deal with the anxiety? Were you like working with your midwife or did you do anything to try and combat that or you just had to try and put up with it? So, um,
1: this kind of links into another tricky bit of the whole Tilly pregnancy journey. M- uh, the midwife I had signed up with was a really amazing lady that I had played netball with. Um, and she had a new midwifery practice in Wellington and it was like, um, two teams of midwives. So I signed up to her team, the purple team, and, um, there were three, including her in the team and three in the other team. Um, and from eight weeks right up until the 26 week mark when I um, decided to change, I hadn't ever seen one of the midwives in my team. and. Um, mm-hmm just because you know, births happen and yeah, other yeah. appointments happen and cause it was quite new. And I, I just didn't feel, cause I was already struggling with anxiety. I just didn't feel settled or comfortable with yeah. that care. I had gone for scans, you know, just the normal scans that you go for and um, all of my details had been wrong or my blood test details were wrong. Taking time off work at the time I worked um, 40 minutes out of, town where my midwife was. So I would turn up to the midwife for what I thought was my appointment and no one would show up and I wouldn't get told anything. So yeah, it was really tricky, but I made the choice to move, um, to an obstetrician and, um, it was the obstetrician that said to me, like, why are you struggling with this? It's, um, you can go and see a, a counselor. And I was like, yeah, I have been seeing a, um, a counselor. They, they provide it for free. Um, as part of like looking after pregnant mums going through like mental health issues, so I went yes. to see her, but it wasn't it wasn't really ha- work, working <laughs> as such. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't really know how to how to say that. It was really good to go and talk to her, but it wasn't helping to ease my anxiety because yeah. I don't feel like it was for any particular reason. Mm. Uh, now looking back at it, I know indefinitely that it was hormonal. Um, so yeah. I just had no control over it at all. Um, yeah. so yeah, after a while of that, and then talking to the obstetrician, he kind of said to me like, just go on this, um, go and see your doctor. And the doctor said to me, yeah, no, this is, you just can't be not eating Kaylee when you're pregnant. Mm. <laughs> you can't be walking around anxious all the time. Um, so yeah, she prescribed, uh, citalopram. And I went on to that for the remainder of the pregnancy. And it probably took about six-ish weeks for it to kind of even out. And then I just felt like a completely different person. Um, It was incredible. It was crazy, actually. It never fully went away, but it was totally manageable. I could eat again. I was back to just being... Somewhat normal
0: Kaylee, if <laughs> there is such a thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, awesome. Yeah. And how did you find that obstetrician? Were they just a private um, one that you searched for, or did you have a recommendation?
1: Um, so there's only two private obstetrician, obstetricians in Wellington um, mm-hmm. Jay Marlowe and Maiwan. Um, Sangali. But uh, Jay Marlow was fully booked up. My friend had been Mm -hmm. through her and she was incredible for her births. Um, And so I just went with Sangali because he was the only other option. Um, (laughs) And he was a Swiss guy. He was absolutely hilarious. And um, he just put me so at ease. Um, He just kept cracking jokes about how I'm the most ridiculous patient he's ever had because... (laughs) <laughs> normally normally you'd go with an obstetrician if you were having like significant uh, issues with your pregnancy or you had had issues like that in the past or yeah um he was just like you're a young healthy mother what i like what I'll do it it's just easy money for me <laughs> but
0: yeah he was he was pretty hilarious but he was awesome I, I loved him yeah yeah cool and did you have much yeah. of like a birth plan or a way that you had hoped that your birth would go or what were your thoughts there
1: Um, I knew that I wanted to give birth in a hospital because I had obviously never done it before. And the only thing I had to go off was my mum's births. She had, um, two, me and my brother. And, um, they were both like over 24 hours as mine ended up being an emergency Caesar after they mucked up her epidural. She was paralyzed from the neck down for like, couldn't hold me for three days. Um, and then, uh, my brother was, uh, vaginal birth but it was really long labor intense um so that was all I had to go off so I knew yeah if if this is me if this is going to be like my births I want to be in a hospital too yeah um yeah so I knew I wanted to be in hospital and then my birth plan after that was whatever is safe (laughs) I just want to be safe I don't have any kind of um ideas about what I want I might take um painkillers I might not I might have an epidural, I might not. I might go on the water, I might not. There was just, I just (laughs) didn't have anything set and signed because I didn't want to disappoint myself, you know, if it didn't quite go the way that I wanted it to go. Yeah. Yeah,
0: yeah. No, fair enough. And did you go to antenatal classes or do anything sort of educational, I guess, around birth before you went into labour? Yep, we went to antenatal classes. I think they ran for six weeks before
1: the the kind of end of uh, pregnancy stage yeah. um yeah they were really good um one thing i think that they should always put in um those classes is the fact that you really need if you're planning on going back to work you really and you live in a city like wellington you really need to start thinking about uh child at that point yeah. <laughs> because after you've <laughs> yeah. had the baby it's too late everything's booked right um so yeah, they were really informative. Apart from, I think they missed that out. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah, cool. And yeah. did your labour end up starting spontaneously? Do you want to take us through that? Yep. Um, I
1: had planned to finish work two weeks before my due date, so I, I finished work on the Friday. Mum had gone two weeks over with both of her pregnancies, so I was like, "I'm not. Even, I'm going to be like <laughs> off work for a month. This is going to be amazing." um finished work on the Friday. We went up to our friends house for the weekend up the Capricoi coast, so um that was really like relaxing. Um over that weekend I lost my plug. Uh but I didn't really know it at the time. I mean I know that it was not what I normally found <laughs> when I went yeah. to the toilet. But yeah. um yeah, I didn't kind of think anything of it because I was like I'm about a month away from giving birth, so this is crazy. Mm. Um came back to Wellington on the Sunday night and in the early hours of Monday morning was that massive earthquake. And mm-hmm. um, it happened at about 1am on on the uh, Monday morning and it was the big one that shut Wellington down for a day. So yeah. nobody went to work. Everyone was just at home um, and it happened at about 1am and I remember um, my contractions going like pretty consistently from there and thinking, okay, maybe I'm in labor, but it never really ramping up. Um, I had Braxton Hicks contractions throughout my entire pregnancy. Uh, but the obstetrician had kind of always just said, you know, it's nothing to worry about. It's just your body. Some people have them. Some people don't. Um, so when they kind of started on that morning, they felt a little bit different, but not different enough for me to be worried. Um, but the next day when I woke up, there was kind of, I had this, uh, Quite abnormal discharge, and it just kept happening. And it was really, it was just like like liquid. There wasn't anything to it. And I was like, oh my goodness, I think this is my waters leaking, um, because of those weird contractions that I had last night after the earthquake. And everyone in my house was home because no one could go to work that day. And I kind of just said to Sam. What do you think? Like, what do you, what do you think this stuff is? He was like, oh, gross. (laughs) Um, but Sam had said, well, I've heard that, uh, waters smell like semen. So why don't you smell it? And I was like, oh, no, I'm not smelling it. And he was like, just smell it. That, that's what will tell you if it is your waters or not. So I did. And I was like, oh, it does. It's definitely (laughs) my waters. So after that, we were like, okay, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to call the hospital. And one of the, I guess, downsides of having an obstetrician is that you don't have a midwife. Um, you just have the obstetrician. And so when you want to call and talk to a midwife wife for anything, you know, pregnancy related, you have to call the hospital and talk to their on call midwife. So you're never going to get the same right. one. Um, so I called the hospital and said like, look, I think that my waters are just really slowly leaking, but I don't know. I have Braxton Hicks contractions all the time. So I don't know if I'm in labor. And she just said, oh, look, just come in and we'll check you. It's super quiet today. Like Wellington's shut down. There's no one around. So just come in. Um, so we went down and, um, Sangali happened to be on the, on the wards at the time. So he came in and, and was just like. Oh, you're so impatient. I'm just going to do a sweep. (laughs) Do you want to sweep? And I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, I'll have a sweep. I was like, do you want to check if my waters are broken? And he was kind of like, your waters haven't broken. You'd know if they're broken. (laughs) 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 He was really like confident, which I think for my second birth would have put me out a little bit and made me feel like yeah. I wasn't in control, but cause I had such bad anxiety with the first one. It really put me at ease. Like I was like, this guy knows what he's doing. I feel really safe with him and he has this funny kind of quirky manner about him. So, um, yeah, it was really good. He just, he, um, Had a, he did an internal and he was like, Oh, as I thought, no broken waters, membranes intact. (laughs) Um, and he was like, that's, at that point, he was like, I'm going to do a sweep. Do you want a sweep? You're so impatient. I'm just going to give you a sweep. So he did that. And I didn't really know what a sweep was. And I remember the, um, the kind of on-call midwife standing there and stroking my head and being like, this is going to be really uncomfortable for you. Like, it's really painful for women. I'm here. It's okay. And he was doing it and she was like, Is it okay? Is it painful? And I remember thinking, This isn't painful at all. Maybe he's doing mm. it wrong. But I didn't want to say anything. So I was just like to the midwife, Oh yeah, it's really painful. Ouch. <laughs> <laughs> um so yeah, did that and then I went home and that afternoon I didn't have one single Braxton Hicks contraction. Nothing. And mm. I remember talking to Mum and being like and her being like, So what's happened after the sweep? You know, is it all go? Should we drive down now? My parents live up in Todong, so it's a seven-hour drive away from here. And they really wanted to be here for the birth, um, so she was eager to know like information. And yeah. I was just like, "No, yeah. nothing, nothing, mum, not even a Braxton Hicks, nothing." I was furious. I went to bed, and I, I, and pretty sure I cried myself to sleep because I was so <laughs> like, "How is this happening?" But yeah, then I woke up in the early hours of Tuesday morning at about one thirty and went to the toilet, at number two and then I was like, oh, that was really weird. And then just, oh, this was a slightly sore contraction, but just went back to sleep. Um, and then I woke up again at about 2 o'clock and, and needed to go to the toilet again and again and again and again. And I was like, this, mm-hmm. this is crazy. Um, and I didn't know if I had a tummy bug or if the contractions were starting to ramp up, but my stomach was just really sore like can, you know how they always say contractions come and then they ease off and then they come and ease yeah. off i didn't i didn't have that at all my stomach was just sore like a tummy pain period crampy type sore and it just got sore and, sore and sore and sore and sore and sam was like you need to time your contractions and i was like i don't know when they start and stop i have got like i don't know what to do um So he ended up calling the hospital because we couldn't call a midwife. We just had to call the hospital. Um, And the midwife kind of said to us, can I speak to Kaylee? So she, I went on the phone and she was like, okay, well, you're talking through what I think are contractions, but I'm not sure. So obviously you're fine. So just stay at home until you can't talk through your contractions anymore and then call us again. Um, So I was like, okay, I'll stay at home. I called Mum and dad and said, hey, look, I know it's 2.30 in the morning, but I think I might be in labor. I don't really know, but mm-hmm. um, they were like, oh, no, nah, we're just going to come. We'll get up, have breakfast, and we'll come. I don't know what they were doing having breakfast at 2.30 in the morning, but anyway, <laughs> <laughs> parents, hey? Um, then they the pain just got worse and worse and worse. It never stopped. It wasn't easing up, and I just said to Sam, I can't handle this anymore. I need to go to hospital and have an epidural because if this is what this pain feels like and I've got another 20 hours of this – I need mm. to go to hospital. And he was like, you need to calm down, Kaylee. You're way too stressed. You've got so much longer of this labor to go. And I, I, that just made me even more anxious. I was like, I can't yeah. deal with this pain for any longer. No, nope, this is me. I need to go to hospital. Um, Didn't have a bag packed. Didn't have anything ready to go because I was supposed to have a month off, right? Before my two yeah. weeks over. <laughs> um, so I was running around trying to pack a bag. I, to this day, have no idea what Sam was doing during that time. But between these, well, bet- I say between, they never really went away, this contraction pain. I was walking around packing a bag, Um and I walked out into the lounge from where our bedroom is and just had this horrendous urge to push. And um we've got flatmates that live downstairs, and I was just like, I can't be loud because otherwise I'm going to wake the flatmates up. And I took another step and it happened again, this like involuntary pushing. And I just turned around and was like, Sam! <laughs> um, and he was like, oh my God. So he kind of just ran. We've got, we've got about 50 steps down to our house. So I like ran up these 50 steps with these involuntary pushes, got into the car. We're about a two minute drive from the hospital. So drove down to the hospital and pulled in. Nothing. No pain, no contractions, Mm. nothing, just sitting in the hospital car park with nothing. Um, and an orderly came out and she was like, cause we pulled into the birth car parks and I didn't know, but they send someone's just there waiting ready, which was pretty amazing. She came out with a wheelchair and was like, do you want to come in? And I was like, all the contractions have gone away. She was like, you're here, just come in. So I came in and, um, they wheeled me through the corridors, into the lift, up the lift, still nothing, no pain, no contractions. <laughs> I was like, oh, I feel like such an idiot. I'm that person. I'm going to be that first time mom, like what the heck. So we got up into the maternity um, corridor and then she opened the doors and it was just, I just remember seeing this long white sterile corridor in front of me, not a soul in sight, everything quiet. Um, and then the big urging, pushing contraction just hit and I just couldn't help it. I just let out this almighty, like, <sighs> like scared yell. And it was like something out of a movie. All the doors <laughs> down the corridor, all these heads were just like pop, 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 like all the way down. <laughs> um, Cause we didn't call them and let them know we were coming. We, it was just kind of like last minute rushed. Um, So a midwife came out and she was like, you know, what's your name? And I told her, how long have you been in labor for? And I was like, well, potentially like an hour. And she was like, sort of rolled her eyes and was like, Uh okay, well, we're really, we're really quiet. So I'll take you down to, um, one of the birthing rooms and, and set you up in there and get your notes and, um, we'll have a look at you. And, but just so you know, you've been in labor for an hour, we'll probably send you home. And I was like, okay, all right. So um, she went off to get my notes and the uh, orderly wheeled me down into the room and I had another huge contraction and just this involuntary pushing, which I didn't realize was a thing before before having children. <laughs> um, and I hopped up onto the bed and she came down and was like, what's your name again? And I was like, Kaylee. And she was like, oh, okay, all right. And then Sam said something to her and she walked off. Um And I was just like, no, I can't be sent home. They cannot send me home. Um, So I took all of my clothes off because at the time I was like, if I take all my clothes off, they can't send me home. Um, So I took all my clothes off, got up on the bed. She came back and she was like, okay, I've got your notes. And she started reading out my address and it was like completely wrong. And I was like, no, that's not me. And she was like, but your name's Sam. And I was like, no, I'm Kaylee. My partner is Sam. Oh, my God. Uh, and um she was like oh I've got the wrong notes okay I'll have to go and get some others and Sam was like okay before you do that can you just like have a check of her or something because she's in like pretty extreme pain here we just want to know what's going on so she was like okay I'll hook you up to the machine so she hooked me up to the little machine that monitors your contractions and then went off to get my notes and I just the machine was just off the chart the whole time it never came down it never had surges and Sam was like whoa you You really are, you really have been telling the truth, right? Like these contractions aren't stopping. And I was like, oh, I know. (laughs) Um, so finally I felt like a little bit of validation. And it was at that point that the orderly was like, we need to get this girl some gas. Like she needs something. Do you want something? And I was like, I want something. And the midwife came back and she looked at, um, she had my right notes this time. She looked at the machine and she was like, wow, Kaylee, you're experiencing some really intense contractions. Um, with very little downtime between them. And I was like, you don't say. <laughs> um, and she was like, are you okay if I do an internal exam? And I was like, yeah, whatever, like whatever you need to get this baby out, let's go. So she did it. And um, it was kind of like in, out, whip the glove off. And she went to almost run out of the room. And Sam was like, what's going on? And she was like, you're, you're like nine and a half, ten centimeters, Kayla, you're fully dilated. I need to call the oh obstetrician. So I was like, Oh, I, w- I just didn't even mind. I was like, finally. Okay. If I'm that far yeah. dilated, then I'm having the baby soon. No 24 hour labor for me. Thank yeah, goodness. Yeah. Like I was just so at ease at that point. She had given me the gas before she left to call the obstetrician. So that was amazing. Um, So I was sucking away on the gas, which by the way, was horrible. I hated it. And I knew oh, like really? during that labor. Yeah. Just it, it made me feel like every time I spoke, I had a weird demon voice. Uh, like, yeah. nah, rah, rah.
0: <laughs> um, <laughs>
1: yeah. and I just felt so away with the fairies and really, really dizzy. I had to shut my eyes the whole time. Uh, um, yeah. and yeah, it, I just, I hated it. And at that point I was like, well, I'm already in, I'm not giving it up now. I really loved biting the mouthpiece of it. Yeah. Um, and so I was just like, for my next labor, I'm not having gas. I swear on this moment right now, I'm not <laughs> having gas next time I go through this. Um, so the obstetrician kind of like sauntered in uh, probably around about 5-ish, 5 a.m. Um And he was like, what's the matter? And I was like, I'm just really emotional. And I was crying. And he was like, why are you emotional? And I was like, I feel like I need to be sick. And he was like, well, be sick then. So I just kind of leant over the side of the bed and vomited everywhere. Um, I don't know why I needed his permission to do that, but it might have <laughs> just been coincidence. Um, and then he was complaining about the scrubs and how he didn't like the color of the scrubs. And I just remember thinking, like, somebody please tell me I can push now. Please, come on. And he was – I was – I must've looked at him with like a desk stare and he was like, what's the matter with you? And I was like, I really <laughs> want to push. I'm, I've been laying here for like half an hour waiting for you to arrive. And I really have been holding this baby in and I really want to push. Like I can't even control it anymore. I can just feel everything down there. Please let me push. He was like, we'll push then. <laughs> so <laughs> I did. And I probably would have done like three or four pushes. And then I had my eyes shut the whole time because the gas did make me so dizzy. Um, and I did a, I did a push and I just remember this massive popping feeling. And I was, I thought, Oh my goodness, I've popped my baby. I've popped it. (laughs) Like it's, it's exploded. And I opened my eyes and there was just this like flurry of people across the room. And I was like, Oh my goodness, I've come to clean up my popped baby. And then (laughs) I heard the midwife say, Oh, there's meconium in the waters. And I was like, Okay, hey, one, it was my waters, not my baby feel. Two, damn it, there's meconium in the waters. That's mm. not ideal. That means I can't go home. Um Yeah, and then with the next one, I felt the head coming down and he was like, uh Sangali was like, Oh, okay, here we go. Kaylee just like push, 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 and um, yeah pushed and the head came out and he was like, okay, now rest on the next contraction. I want you to. And I was just like, no, I'm not having any of this. This feels awful. I do not want to feel this until waiting for the next contraction. She can just come out now. So I just like (laughs) pushed the whole thing out and the whole thing, the whole of Tilly out in one go. Um, and then she was born. So he was like, Oh my goodness. (laughs) Oh my (laughs) goodness. And yeah, brought her up onto my chest and um. Had it. This bit's a little bit foggy. I don't, I don't really remember this, but, um, I must have had her for a little bit and then they whipped her away from me because she wasn't breathing. Um, and they put her on oxygen probably for like, uh, three or four minutes, maybe. And then I had, then she was fine and I had her back, but it was really scary. They, um, they pushed a button and the room just flooded with people. There was people everywhere. Um, he was like to me, but before I, before I did that final push and got her all out, he was like, you need to get her out now. And I didn't know at the time, but her, um, her heart rate had dropped really low. Um, oh, okay. and he was like, if you don't get her out, if you don't get her out on this next push, I'm going to have to help you. Um, and so I was just like, no, she's coming out all in one go. Let's go. Boom. Yeah. Um, and that was it. But I was kind of um on my back with the machines uh, strapped around me still monitoring the contractions. And I always kind of thought I would be on my knees just because I had thought yeah. gravity would be better. Um Yeah, but I I just had no time really. By the time he got there and I had waited for so long, I didn't even ask yeah. him to move or anything. And um yeah, so I just... Had her like that, and she got whipped away for a bit, and then all the people disappeared once she started breathing again. And then I just had her back, and yeah, that was that was Tilly.
0: <laughs> yeah, and how yeah. were you feeling sort of immediately after that? Did you need any stitches or anything like that? Um, so he
1: checked me out, and I had grazing, um, mm-hmm. and he was like, um, a normal a normal midwife wouldn't do anything for grazing, but I feel like I owe you something since you're paying for this. So I'll just give you a couple of stitches. Um, and he was like, it'll heal so much nicer. And I was like, Oh, is this that designer vagina that people talk about? <laughs> um, so yeah, I had a couple of stitches, but on my notes it says grazing. So I don't, yeah, I'm not too sure the, about why I had stitches, maybe yeah. just cause I had an obstetrician. Um, yeah. Yeah. And, um, I had an injection to get the placenta out. Um, he was kind of just like, I think he had spoken to me about that before birth. And so he just kind of was like, and now you're having this and the placenta was out like two minutes later. I can't quite remember if we waited for it to stop pulsing before we cut the cord. I hadn't read up about any of that stuff when I had Tilly. So I didn't, I didn't really have any ideas around what I wanted about that. Um, I had an abnormal shaped placenta; it was heart shaped or something. Oh, okay. Um, yep. So uh, I wasn't allowed to keep it. Not that I wanted to keep it at the time, but he was like, "We need to send this away for testing." But um, mm-hmm. I never heard anything about that, so I'm assuming everything was fine. Then I just had had tils after that, and yeah, we had to stay in hospital for 24 hours because um because there was meconium in the waters I just wanted to go home right at that point I was like okay I'm done in the hospital I didn't want anybody else around me I just wanted to go home (laughs) um so I hated staying in the hospital in Wellington Hospital at that time partners weren't allowed to stay um and there's no birthing centres in Wellington City, so um there wasn't even one in the hut at that point. So uh, I didn't even have the option of going to a somewhere like that. But um yeah. yeah, I just really wanted to go home. They were so short staffed in the um on the maternity ward that um over the course of the day I think I saw a nurse like maybe once or twice. Mm. Um yeah. and Tilly had a really unsettled night. Um it, well it would have been she was born at like 5 14 a.m so by the time it got to like five o'clock that night um it was like a, a full day for her you know so she, you yeah. know how they always say babies are harder on the second day well I think mm-hmm. for both of my kids they were harder the hardest on that first kind of night um yeah. But yeah Sam Sam was staying to help me through that and by the time we kind of got Got um, her to sleep and everyone settled. It was really close to midnight, so I was just like, "Just stay." And if someone comes and kicks you out, then you can go then. So he just stayed, mm-hmm. and we didn't we didn't see uh, a nurse or a midwife at all that night. Um, at six o'clock in the morning, someone came in and was like, "Have you fed your baby?" And we were both like, "Whoa, um, you woke us up from a really deep sleep." And no, we haven't fed our baby. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, and she had slept right through. So we were like, "Okay." Um, yeah and that was that
0: yeah and how are you was, feeling sort of leaving the hospital I bet you're feeling quite relieved when you ended up going super home. relieved so yeah. so relieved um
1: that I had gone to like a breastfeeding class the day before in the hospital and um all the other mums were like I'm such and such and I've been here for five days and I'm such and such and I'm on day three. I was like, I'm Kaylee and I've been here for three hours and I just really want to go home. And they were all like, what the heck? And at that point I was like, I cannot stay here for five days. So I was just like on to the midwives. Can I go now? Can I go now? Can I go now? And So yeah, they signed us out really early in the morning. It must have been like 8 or 8.30 in the morning
0: that we got to go home. So I was just so relieved. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And how did you find being at home and what was that sort of first week or so like with the new baby and adjusting to that um, newborn period?
1: I think because Tills was uh, nine, nine days early, she was quite sleepy. The whole newborn stage for us was really, really easy. She just, she, right from the get-go, she did really long stretches of sleep um, and she was really easy to put to sleep as well. Um, and we were just like, oh, my goodness, what do people complain about? This kid is amazing. <laughs> um, but we definitely got our payback when the um, four-month sleep regression hit because that was yeah. super rough. Like, oh, my goodness. Yeah. So <laughs> I feel like the roles were kind of reversed for us. We eased into it with a really easy newborn but savage, like, four months
0: old. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 And were you yeah. intending to breastfeed? Do you want to take us through that journey?
1: Yes, I was intending to breastfeed just like um my birth plan though. I was like if I can, I can, if I can't, I can't. I'm not putting pressure on yeah. myself. But I she was tiny. Um she was like 2.8 kgs and I've got quite flat nipples. She had a really poor latch. She could feed but um she was so because she was so sleepy all the time, we couldn't wake her up enough to get feeds. Yeah. Um, And the the old downside of having an obstetrician is that you do have hospital midwives and that means that all of your follow-up appointments when they come to visit you at home is by a different midwife. And every Mm -hmm. single midwife that came told us a different piece of information. Some of them were like, wake your baby, feed her. Some of them were like, let her sleep. She needs the sleep to grow. And we were like, okay, so we'll let her sleep. And they were like, yep, but you still have to get in eight feeds a day. We were like, right, we can't get in eight feeds a day if we let her sleep. And they were like, okay, well, you need to wake her up. But don't wake her (laughs) up because then she won't get enough sleep. Oh, my goodness. It was like the our breastfeeding journey was definitely not easy. Um and looking back on it now, I honestly don't know how I persevered, but I just did. My milk was red yep. for ages because I had so, such severely cracked nipples. Um, mm. I used nipple shields. Um, nobody ever recommended me use nipple shields. None of the midwives suggested I use nipple shields. I went to heaps of different lactation consultants. They all said the latch was fine, no lip ties, no anything. I was like, my nipples are bleeding. There is mm. clearly something wrong with this latch. Like <laughs> They were like, yeah, they just need to harden off, la, 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 And I just think as she grew and, yeah, probably as they hardened off it, it got easier and it got better. But um, I used nipple shields until she was probably about nine weeks and then started to wean off them. Um, and because she was so small and she wasn't gaining weight, she lost 11% of her body weight in that first week. So she was one of those babies that they had to watch. And I had um, plunket appointments really regularly after the midwife, more more regularly than what you would just with a baby who gains weight um, yeah. well. Um, and so after every feed, we would have to top her up with um, a bottle. So I just expressed and got milk in the bottle. We had to write down when she fed, how much she fed, how many minutes she fed for on each side, how much of the bottle she drank. Um, we had one of those NG those nasal gastric tubes uh, yeah. that we used to, yeah. once she, once she latched on, we would put, um, when she was really little, we'd put milk in a, sy- expressed milk into a syringe, um, and attach the syringe to the tube and slip yeah. the tube in the corner of her mouth while she was on the breast as well and pump extra milk into her. Um, but yeah, breastfeeding journey was interesting in those first <laughs> couple of months really. Um, yeah. but after that, she, yeah, she was, awesome really because she took a bottle (laughs) because she had always had (laughs) breast bottle. Uh, yeah. So, um, and I, I fed her right up until 14
0: months. Yeah. Awesome. And how was your sort of physical and emotional recovery from birth? I know you said you had antenatal anxiety. So did you find that that sort of tapered off as soon as you had her or did it stick around for a while? What was that like?
1: Literally the second she exited me, I felt like this weird, almost like spiritually experienced where the whole ball in my chest just went, it was yeah. incredible. It was, it was so crazy. Um, and I, I spoke to the obstetrician about it and said like, look, I, cause we, I think we had like a uh, one week follow up and then something else. Cause they, an obstetrician looks after you and not your baby. So he didn't have any interest in the baby, but he had a one week appointment with, with me to check like the grazing and things to check how I was healing. Um, and he kind of said, do yourself a favor and don't come off the citalopram until this newborn phase is over. Um, just it, cause if the anxiety does come back, it's hard enough for new mums as it is just stay on yeah. it and give yourself, you know, it's evened out now you're in a really good space. Just reap the rewards of that for the next little while. Um, so I think I stayed on it for three or four weeks. Uh, and then came off it. I wish I had stayed on it for longer through that four month blooming sleep <laughs> regression. But <laughs> um, yeah, it disappeared, and haven't yeah haven't experienced it since. So yeah. it was really just. I'm not sure if that's something um, that my body does when I carry a girl because I didn't have it mm-hmm. at all with Percy. Um, yeah. So yeah.
0: I'm not sure. (laughs) I can't tell you. (laughs) Yeah. And, um, what sort of, or did you decide that you wanted to try for another baby when Tilly was a certain age or had you thought you'd like a certain age gap between them or what was that like?
1: We, we didn't want the age gap to be too big, um, but we wanted it to be big enough so that she would be three years old when we had a second baby so that she would qualify for, um, the 23 hours of childcare Uh, because financially it just wasn't, it wasn't something we could do, um, you know, to have two kids in childcare under three, not getting any help from the government. So we decided to wait. Um, so we knew that we could start trying again in 2019 um, and so we did the same thing as last time. Clever me was like, all right, I want to have this baby <laughs> near the school <laughs> holidays. Um, so let's start trying. We tried in, in January, nothing, tried in February, and again, um, conceived Percy. So yeah. super lucky. Like, I, I know how ridiculously fortunate we are to have tried twice and have two successful Pregnancies and you know only really have a month of trying between there. So I I know quite a few people that are not so fortunate, and yeah, I just
0: feel really blessed to be in that boat. But yeah, that was that's the south story. (laughs) Yeah, awesome. And what was your pregnancy experience like with Percy? Was it different to Tilly? Um, it was
1: a it was a little bit different. I was even sicker, so I was convinced it was another girl um because I was like yeah girls make you sick and um it was very interesting to find out that he was a boy but anyway (laughs) that's great (laughs) we're very happy with our boy um but um the sickness I think this time knowing how sick I was last time I just I was a lot quicker to jump on any kind of help rather than soldiering through it and being like I'm strong I can do this on my own I just went to the doctor straight away and said I can't eat anything because I feel so sick um, so she gave me Ordanzotron, um, which is a, like a, a drug for chemotherapy patients, as far as I'm aware. And it just, um, helps with nausea. You take it three times a day. It's just like a dissolvable one under your tongue. Uh-huh. Um, and it works instantly. It was incredible. Um, and as the, as I got further along, the, the sickness probably started about, uh, six weeks and went right through until, 24 25 weeks um Mm. but as it got as it got further along like into the late teens 20s i i started to um cut down on the audansatrons um and instead of taking three a day i would only take like one or two at breakfast and lunch um and then as it got further along only one in the morning because i found it was only in the morning rather than constant all day all the time Yeah. yeah um so in that sense, yeah, similar. Um, I had the sciatic pain that I did with Tilly. I had—I didn't mention that before, but I did have that. Um, and the Braxton Hicks
0: contractions all the way through, savage. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And did you yeah. find out that he was going to be a boy? I forgot to ask you with Tilly if you found out with her as well. Yes,
1: I did. Yeah, we found out with both of them. Um, yeah, I'm like quite a visual person, and I like to be prepared. And visually prepared means like visualizing what rooms and things are going to look like yeah, and I just yeah, that was part yeah. of my nesting I really wanted to do that um and I did find like as soon as I had found out what I was having it helped me I know this will sound a bit silly but it totally helped me um realize how real it was you know like mm-hmm. I'm not just having a baby I'm having a little girl I'm having a little
0: boy yeah
1: yeah um,
0: yeah. yeah so yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah Awesome. And I know that you ended up having a home birth this time. So do you want to take us through the decision to do that? And did you go with a different midwife and yeah, what was that like?
1: Yeah. So we, um, as I said earlier, didn't love the hospital, not because I had a super bad experience, but just because as soon as I was there, I wanted to be home and I just didn't like feeling like I wasn't in control. Um, and because we had had such a rapid birth last time and everything went smooth sailing. Pretty much, apart from Till's, um, not breathing, <laughs> which sounds pretty bad, but it wasn't that bad. No, no, I know what you um, mean. Yeah. <laughs> her, her cord was just over her shoulder as she was coming through the birth canal. So that's what, um, made her blood pressure or oh, her heart rate come down really low. As soon as she was right. out, she came right quite fast, but I forgot to mention that before. But yeah, we knew that that was kind of like a fluke thing. It wasn't something that just, um, was going to be something that could potentially, well, it could potentially happen again, but we knew it probably wasn't likely. Um, so we were like, I said to Sam, I think I want to have a home birth. And he was like, whoa, all right. Do you want a pull? And I was like, not necessarily. I just want to be at home. It happened so fast last time. It was so stressful getting to the hospital. I just want the ease of, you know, being at home this time. Um, so, yeah, I looked for a midwife. Uh Sangali has since retired from private practice. So he still works as an obstetrician in the hospital. Um, but he doesn't do private patients anymore. Um, and so I knew he wasn't an option. So I looked for a midwife that would consider a home birth and I found Domino Midwifery um in Newtown and they were like, Yep, we do home births, it's awesome, we love it. Um, if everything's like to, to plan during your pregnancy we do home births great um so I sent them a message and said like do you have any spaces for me and they sent a message back straight away and we're like yes we do so it was awesome we found our midwife straight away her name was Georgina and she was incredible um and she kind of took us through everything we told her about what happened with Tilly's birth um, and my number one question was if I have a home birth and he comes out not breathing like what happens and they were like we've mm. got all the same equipment at your house that you would have had in that hospital room. Um, and so that, that was the only concern Sam and I kind of had, and it put our mind at ease. And because we live so close to the hospital, we just thought, look, if anything happens during labor and we are at home, um, we'll just get the midwife to make the call early and we'll just drive down to the hospital. It's right there. Yeah. It's literally two minutes away. So we didn't feel like, you know, we would be putting uh, myself or um, Percy in danger at any time. So we were like, yep. We're going to do it. We're going to have a home birth as long as everything goes to plan throughout, which it did. So
0: yeah, we're really happy. Yeah. Awesome. And did you um, hire a pool or anything like that?
1: (laughs) No, she did ask me. Georgina did ask me if I would like to hire a pool. Um, But the thought of keeping a pool blown up and filled (laughs) up with water in my lounge and trying to keep Tilly out of it for who knows how many weeks was literally T- way in the too hard basket so I was like no yep. and our bit of the house is also on the second floor and I was like how much weight can our wooden floors handle <laughs> like I don't, don't want to like burst through into our tenants downstairs bedroom when I when I'm having this baby <laughs> through the bottom of the pool um so I just we've got a bath and a shower and I just thought you know what if if I feel like I want to get into the water I, I can just do that and I think because hills yep. were so rapid um she was like four hours start, three three and a bit hours start to finish. Um, because of that, I was like, oh, I just don't think I've got time to get in the water. By the time I realise I'm in labour, she she or he's coming out. So, um, I was like,
0: no, nah, we'll be we'll be right. We won't get a pull. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. And did your labour end up starting spontaneously this time? Um,
1: yes, <laughs> it did, <laughs> uh, but quite significantly different to Tilly's Tilly's one um all happened within a few days right finished work lost my plug had a sweep Tilly was the next day um so within like three days four days she was yeah everything was all on she was out I lost lost my plug with Percy at 36 weeks um I had sweeps at 38 weeks Uh, I had three sweeps with Percy um the contractions were absolutely horrendous um just humongous bearing down timeable contractions like every three minutes perfectly timed for two weeks before he was born mm. um it was such a mind game not knowing and as he got bigger inside me they they felt like really painful bearing down contractions and it was such a mind game not knowing You know, is this happening or is it not happening? Mm. Um, and having three sweeps and, you know, being told at the first sweep, okay, um, you're three centimeters and then being told at the second sweep, you're four centimeters and then the third sweep, you're five centimeters, you're halfway to having your baby, but your pelvis, uh, your cervix is still pinned back. It's posterior. Mm. Um, so I that at that point, um, the midwife, my midwife, Georgina was just like, I just don't know. I'm so shocked that Percy hasn't been born yet. I just can't believe that um your cervix hasn't popped forward. And at this point a midwife that was in the next door room came over and said, like, I'm really sorry, but I couldn't help but over here, what about trying this rebozo um technique? And have you have you come across that one <laughs> in your podcast?
0: Yeah, I have. But can you talk us through what that is?
1: Yeah. Um, so it's when you go down onto all fours and you put your arms down kind of flat on the ground and your knees up. So your bum's kind of in the air. Um, and they put a scarf or a piece of material around your belly and somebody in this case, Sam stood above me with each end of the scarf in in each hand and they kind of just wiggle it. And the point of it is to try and get the baby to come out of your pelvis. So, um, Mm -hmm baby was so low for so long and I had these relentless contractions that never actually allowed my body to have the the cervix pop forward. It was literally pinned by his head. Um, I was convinced that he was going to come out with like a circular hole on his head for being so dilated <laughs> for so long and that just constantly being pushed down. Um, so yeah, we tried that on the Thursday. Um, and Georgina my midwife had said to me like I'm not working this weekend Kaylee so if you go into labor this weekend um, I'm not going to be here you're going to have to have the backup midwife and I had had a phone call with the backup midwife earlier on and in uh, the pregnancy and just about I think it was when I lost my plug and she was really brash and really quite not rude but I didn't feel um, particularly comforted by her (laughs) Um, so I was really uneasy about the fact that she was going to be my midwife at the birth if it happened over the weekend. Um, but I was just at this point, I was just like, I can't handle any more of this. This is such a mind game. Um, and at that appointment, Georgina could see that I was just at the end of my tether and I was, I was just losing it (laughs) mentally. Um, and she was like, look, I'm, I know that you're probably not going to want this, But for peace of mind, I'm going to book you an induction for next week. And the relief I felt as soon as she said that, knowing that if my body didn't do this spontaneously, that there would actually be an end date was just out of this world. I was like, Mm. oh, my goodness, yes. So good just knowing that, you know, I had seven days to count down to if my body didn't go into labor on its own. Um, So that was really awesome. But that happened on the Thursday On the Friday, it was uh, Tilly's third birthday. (laughs) So we (laughs) celebrated Tilly's third birthday, and my parents came down from Todonga for that. Um, And they were kind of just like, oh, well, if we miss the birth, we miss the birth, but at least we'll be here for Tilly's birthday. Um, So we had that on the Friday. And then on the Saturday, we had her birthday party. um, And it was all go. And the contractions were just getting sore and sore, but they had been for two weeks, so I didn't think anything of it. Um, and I woke up at 1.30 on Sunday morning, Sunday the 17th, and was like, oh, God, I need to go to the toilet. So if you remember back to Tilly's uh, birth story, <laughs> I also woke up at 1.30 in the morning and needed to go to the toilet and then went back to bed until 2.30 when I woke up again and went to the toilet again. Um, I pro- probably would have gone like five or seven times, a lot.
0: <laughs> yeah, um, yeah.
1: And... Sam was like, oh, what, what do your contractions feel like, Kaylee? And I was like, they just feel exactly the same. Um, you know, they just come and go, come and go, which was different to Tilly's ones because Tilly's contractions, yeah. ne- they were just constant, no lull between, which is why I kind of convinced myself this is not labor because it's not painful the whole time. Um, mm. And he was like, you've been to the toilet seven times, Kaylee. I'm ringing the midwife. There's got to be something going on here. So he rang, and um, the midwife, because our midwife, you can't just ring them direct. You have to ring the pager, um, and then they put a call through to the on-call midwife, and then they ring back. So she rang back and kind of said, like, how far apart are her contractions? And we were like, oh, three minutes. And she was like, right. And are they painful? And he was like, are they painful, Kaylee? And she was like, well, she's talking through them, so obviously not. And I was like, not that painful. And then she was like kind of with all due respect, why are you calling me at 2.30 in the morning to tell me that she's kind of having contractions? And Sam was like, well, it's just (laughs) that she's been to the toilet like seven times, and literally she was like, I'm on my way. Uh, (laughs) And thank goodness um, she did say that because Sam made that call at Huppers 3. Between Huppers 3 and Huppers 4, the contractions really did ramp up. But I think that I was just so uncertain, and I was so... Um, in quite a negative headspace that I didn't want to get my hopes up. I didn't want to tell myself that I was in labor. So I just kept saying like, this isn't real. You're not in labor. You're not in labor. You're not in labor. Like <laughs> you've called the midwife for a ridiculous reason, Sam. She's coming around because I went to the toilet, like a serious, Um, but yeah, she arrived um, at four 25 and the second midwife arrived at four 30 and at four 4.34. I know these times because, um, mm-hmm. they wrote them down, which is great. Um, my body started pushing on its own. Um, and the midwife kind of came in and I was in the bedroom and she put the little um, Doppler on and checked baby's heart rate and he was all good. And she was like, okay, I'm just going to leave you in here. You're more than welcome to stay out here. I'm going to go out to the lounge and just set everything up. And I was like, well, I don't know why you're doing that. Cause I'm staying here. I'm not moving anywhere. Um, <laughs> And so she did that. And Sam was kind of running around like a headless chicken. He did not know what to do over the course of like the last hour. He had this thing called the splash pad, which he had made, <laughs> which was like <laughs> um, a tarpaulin on the bottom and then a duvet to give it a bit of padding, he said. Um, and then uh, this really special blanket that was my grandma's blanket. That's kind of like one of the only blankets we had. So that went down on top um, and then a couple of towels. And it was all rolled up like a roll of sushi. And he used to just like bring it out whenever we had people over. It was so embarrassing and just like flick it out and roll it out and be like, this is a splash pad for when we're all go. And I was so dark about it, but thank goodness he did because we needed it like in a hurry. So he rolled that out and then he was kind of like, what else can I do? What can I do? And it was quite chilly in Wellington. So I was like, look, I don't need you around me being headless chicken. Just go and light the fire. So he went up to the shed and got some wood and chopped the kindling and came and lit the fire. So the lounge was actually really nice. There's like this big splash pad out in the middle of the lounge right <laughs> in front of the fire. And um my friend had given me her Swiss ball. So that was sitting there too in case I needed it. And Sam had made me this um thing to bite down on because I was like, I don't want the gas. The midwives, um, they can bring gas, but I was like, I don't want the gas. I just want something to bite. I want to. I want a snorkel, like you know, the little mouthpiece on a snorkel. I want that to bite. He was like, "No, you're not having that. I'm gonna, I'm gonna make you one." He's quite a maker, so he used a bit of brewing pipe and uh, whittled like a little bit of wood to make this ring, this really chewy, (laughs) like rubber ring that I could bite down on. So I had that um, all sitting, laid out on the splash pad, waiting for me. Um, And yeah, when these involuntary pushes started happening, I was like, "Oh, well, I bet." I better go out with everyone else because I don't want to be kind of on my own. My mum was with me, but she was kind. Of, I think she gently was like, "Come on, Kaylee, what do you think about just coming out to the lounge?" And because I was having these really strong contractions and then nothing in between, when the contraction stopped, I was like, "Oh, okay, yeah, I will walk out to the lounge." You know? Yeah, yeah. Um, and I, I've done a little bit of yoga, um, and. I really like the breathing exercises that they teach you when you're doing yoga. So I just was using that to like control the pain and control my breathing. And I felt like I really had it under control. Like I'm quite, Sam will say I'm the biggest sook on the planet, but somehow (laughs) in birth, I'm just silent and don't make a sound. I'm just like focused. I know it's something about the, um, the really meaningful pain, you know, like when you roll your ankle, it's just, Uncontrollable pain for no gain. (laughs) But for (laughs) birth, it's like, for me, I'm like, okay, this is everything's opening up. Everything's moving. I know what this pain is. I can, I can appreciate it and I can go, yeah, it's going to get me my baby. So I'm okay with it rather than this ankle is going to get me a bruise and not be able to play netball Mm. for the next six months. Um, but yeah, so I came out to the lounge and, um, the midwife was like to me, do you want to, do you want to sit down over here? Just, just crouch on your knees if that feels comfortable. Here you go. You can use the ball. So she kind of just rolled it under me, and I had my arms up on the ball and um, just on my knees. And she was like, "Would you like to take your knickers off now?" <laughs> I was like, "Yeah, probably." <laughs> I my mean, that's probably a good idea at this point. Um, and so I, I did that, and no one had checked me. No one had done an internal, and. I, because I had been five centimeters for so long, I was like, is anyone going to check me? Is anyone going to do this? I didn't say any of that because I was, you know, busy trying to control my breath and whatnot. But that's what was going through in my head. Like, when is someone going to check how far I am? I just need to know how far I am and if this is real or not. Um, and another big contraction came, another big contraction came, and the backup midwife um, came over to me and put her hand on my back. And I just remember turning around and saying to her, what's happening? And she was like, Kaylee, you're having your baby. And I was like, Am I? <laughs> and she was like, Yeah. And at that point I was like, Oh, okay. Um and I didn't I didn't know this, but apparently they could they can see baby's head coming down, like over your bum. Your bum goes out oh, really yeah. flat. And they can see baby's head coming down. And she was like, Yeah, I, I don't want you to push, I just want you to pant. And I was like, Okay, I can pant. So I was just like, did some panting and I could feel him coming down. And then, um, it got to that ring of fire bit. And that was the bit where I was like, ah, and I let out like quite a sharp scream. Um, or yell maybe. And my, my dad was like asleep, not really asleep in the other room. And he was like, Oh, here we go. This is it. <laughs> um, and then, she was like, okay, baby's head's been born. And I was like, what? <laughs> baby's head's been born? Um, and his head was born in, in cow. So the membranes were still all intact oh, around yeah. him. Cool. Um, and then she was like, okay, just do a little bit more panting. And I panted a little bit more and did another yell like ah! as his shoulders came out. um and then she just caught him and passed him straight through to me and then I just kind of leaned back off the ball and he was just there and I was in shock because it would have been like maybe one or two minutes before that where I was like what's happening am I having a baby and then all of a sudden I I had him (laughs) and I was like oh my gosh that was that was incredible like I I can even appreciate how incredible that is and I'm the one sitting here in the middle of it like Mm -hmm. Yeah, so um, it was it, it was completely different to Tilly's birth in the sense that I felt like I had full control over it. I didn't have an obstetrician between my legs. It was just me. Um, my mum was holding one hand. I was holding the, the biting ring with the other hand, and <laughs> um, Sam kind of had his arm on my shoulder, um, and the midwife said to him, like, oh, the head's been born. Do you want to come and have a look? He's still in his membrane, and Sam walked around, and by the time he got round to the back, I had already birthed the rest of him, so it was a quite quick. Um, yeah. And the only thing I kind of—it's not a regret, but the only thing that I had kind of thought I would like to do, and I had told my midwife what I would like to do, is I would like to catch him. Um. And at the time, I knew I wanted to catch him, but I was in so much pain that I just couldn't. Yeah, yeah bring myself to move my arms. I think if the midwife had said to me, okay, Kaylee, you need to move your arms down now, I would have just instinctively followed her instructions. Yeah. But because she didn't know that because she wasn't my midwife, um, she obviously didn't say that. But I got him pretty quickly, so, and she caught him luckily. <laughs> um, yeah, and the membranes kind of just – the rest of it kind of broke away as his shoulders and everything came out, and then he was up on my chest. And, um yeah, she just brushed him with the towel, and he cried straight away, which was different to Tilly. Um, and he was completely fine straight away, didn't need to be whipped off for anything. Um And I had one of Sam's big, baggy T-shirts on, and I just said I had him on my chest for a while in this towel, and then I just felt like, oh, I don't want him on this T-shirt. I said to the midwife, can you hold him? Because I just feel like I want to take this T-shirt off. So I just took it off and then put him on my chest and um they rolled the ball away and I just sat back on my splash pad and um <laughs> leaned back against the couch and just had him and um I just he started feeding straight away. Um and which was different again to Tilly. I think when you do it the second time round you you know some tricks, you know how to hold yeah. your boob. It's not just like, oh, this is how they do it in the movies. You just place the head here and they perfectly suckle. <laughs> um You know, I I knew like Tilly really liked the burger hold. So I knew to squish my boob down into a burger and he just latched on straight away. Um, and he fed for quite a while. Um, and then I said to the midwife as I turned around, I can feel the placenta coming. And she was like, oh, okay. And she had a look and she was like, oh yep, yep, The placenta is coming. And I think I just did like a little push, but basically it just came out on its own. Um, yeah. And, yeah, we just had the placenta in, in a bowl, which we call the placenta bowl, which is still in the kitchen, <laughs> um, not with the placenta in it. <laughs> um, and, um yeah, we just waited for everything to stop pulsing and it to go white and Sam cut the cord. Um, and we kept his placenta and planted it in this massive terracotta pot we've got out on the deck. Um, so I kind of wish I'd kept Tilly's too, but I didn't have the option at the time. So what can you do?
0: <laughs> yeah. 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 And that was that. Oh, awesome. He was born. He was yeah. with us. Well, yeah. What a different experience to your first birth. It sounds yes yeah, so lovely. Um, not that your first birth wasn't, but yeah, just such a different um experience.
1: It was. It really was. And and like you say, it wasn't that the first one wasn't lovely. At the time I was super proud of my first birth. I still am super proud of that first birth, but this one was like two and a bit hours um even more rapid than the first. And I was just are so in shock, but looking back on it now, I'm just like in awe of kind of what my body did and what everyone's bodies do in birth, you know, but um, yeah. it was just so nice to be at home and to have my whānau around and not have to go anywhere, not have to walk anywhere to go to the toilet past people yeah. or, you yeah. know, the, the sterile white walls and horrible lighting. We were in front of the fire, like in my own space. Um yeah, and, and uh, Percy was born at, uh, I can't remember what time Percy was born, four something in the morning. Um, yeah. And we kind of just sat around in the lounge for the rest of the morning and the midwives stayed with us and they weighed him and checked in and I went for a shower and they made me toast and cups of tea and <laughs> just just stayed with us and chatted and it was just kind of like they were part of the family. Um, and then Tilly woke up at at um seven and we could hear the door opening to the lounge and so sam went over and met her met her at the door and was like we've got a pretty big surprise for you and she was like what what and he was like come and meet your baby brother and she ran over and she was like it's percy and um we kind of hadn't we hadn't talked about it we hadn't actually talked about his name before then but um she had decided earlier in my, in the pregnancy that baby was going to be called baby Percy because um, my granddad passed away in July and we went to his funeral and she came and that was kind of the first death that she had experienced. And she really loved granddad Percy and, um, well, great granddad Percy for her. And she was like, we were in the shower one night and she was rubbing my tummy and I was like, what do you think we should call baby? And, she was like, I think we should call him baby granddad Percy. Oh my gosh, I melted. I was like, how can we not? <laughs> how can we not call him Percy? Um, so yeah, she ran over and was like, it's baby Percy. Um, and yeah, gave him a cuddle and and then turned around and goes to Sam, can I have my surprise now?
0: Huh?
1: <laughs> Sam was like, mate, is this not a humongous surprise? Oh, funny. Um, yeah. So um that was that and um we've got tenants that live downstairs and they came up at about half nine and um walked into the lounge and were just like making their breakfast and looked over and saw me on the couch and they were like, Oh my god So yeah, they Mm. slipped through the whole thing as well. Um yeah, it was it was crazy. (laughs) The midwives um they stayed until about seven thirty. So they do stay with you for quite a long time and make sure that your feeding's okay, make sure that you're comfortable. And they always ask, like, are you okay if we go now? They never, like, put any pressure on us or anything. Yeah. And we were like, yeah, we're totally fine. We've got heaps of people here to help us. Um, Yeah, so they left at about 7.30, and one of them came back in the afternoon just to check on us again. Um, And my midwife, Georgina, she came the next day on Monday. She was like, oh my goodness, Kaylee, after all we've been through and you've had him (laughs) on my weekend off, (laughs) she was like, if you hadn't been through so much, I'd be furious at you.
0: (laughs) Yeah. 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 And what was your physical recovery like this time around? Did you feel like it was any different to your first?
1: I do. I don't know whether it was because I could, I can't, I've put it out of my mind about Tilly's, but I feel like. Um, my body hurt for a lot longer I feel like it was harder to sit down for a lot longer I didn't have um, any stitches or anything this time so it was relatively similar in that sense it, it, my body hadn't um, like the labor wasn't as long so I thought the recovery would be better if not the same you know um, but yeah, it did seem to take longer to recover. I think I bled for longer as well, although I just, I can't really remember with tells, But um, I had this really weird thing this time around, and to this day, I don't know what it is, and neither does the midwife or the doctor, but I couldn't breathe. I felt like someone mm. was sitting, you know, when you get winded and you feel like, yeah. <laughs> like you really struggle to get that breath in, I feel, I felt like that quite a lot in the first couple of weeks, it was really severe. Every time I walked anywhere or did, um, you know, exerted any sort of energy, not even like, not I'm not talking exercise. I'm talking just like walking up to the car. <laughs> um, yeah. it would be like, I, I really had to concentrate on breathing. Um, and the only kind of thing that we, and, and still now Percy's three months old, I still get it occasionally. Hmm. But what we think it was is that I had these severe contractions for so long. Yeah. Um, so much of my lungs were kind of pressed up into my, I don't know, the top of my chest. I was only yeah, right. breathing out the top of my lungs. So I wasn't using my full lung um, to take in each breath. And I had to train my body to use my full lung breath again. So mm. it was kind of like, yeah, it, it's it was really weird and really strange. And it was, um, I'll never forget, the, it was probably like day five and the midwife had come around and I was asking her about it again because I was like, it's still not going away. And it's really kind of concerning because I didn't have this last time. And she said to me, like, Kaylee, if you feel a deep sense of foreboding, you need to call someone straight away. And I was like, okay, yep. And then she left and I was like to Sam, what does foreboding mean? <laughs> and he was like, oh, it just means like, like a real, really bad, like nothing is going to be okay feeling. And I was like, oh yeah, okay. Yeah. And I just kind of pretended like I knew what it meant and, I've, and I didn't. So I Googled it and it was, everything said like um, blood clot all of these like really scary things like uh, immediate hospitalization and I was like what um but yeah luckily and then I got a little bit stressed like am I feeling foreboding what am I feeling I don't know what foreboding <laughs> is but um yeah luckily didn't didn't feel any foreboding so um <laughs> yeah we were all right but yeah that did really scare me that bit
0: um, yeah
1: but yeah so it was a little bit of a different recovery this time around but thankfully, the breastfeeding was a lot easier. So I feel like yeah. I, I didn't get too overwhelmed because, you know, last time I, I struggled with the breastfeeding and the recovery was okay. This time, the breastfeeding was okay and the um,
0: recovery was a bit harder. So yeah, that's <laughs> bit different. <laughs> and how did you go adjusting to having two kids? Obviously, you've got Tilly who's three and then a newborn. How have you found the um, adjustment to two children? yep um
1: that's interesting (laughs) (laughs) they the adjustment to two children has been intense I have to say like everybody always says like oh it's a juggle but and I always kind of thought oh yeah I know obviously it's going to be a juggle but man is it is it what Tilly is full-on she like likes to be entertained all the time um and she is not one to just sit and chill on her own. She is a doer, um, which I think she gets from me and her dad. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So we can't, we can't blame her, but yeah, she, I think a lot changed for her in a really short period of time as well. She turned, she turned three on the Friday and finished at her daycare, the daycare that she'd been at um, since she was eight months old. So she left all of her friends, all of her um, or her teachers, and kind of had her birthday party on the Saturday. Percy was born on the Sunday. And then on the Monday she started at kindy, which was a completely new place, new teachers, new people. Um, So I think she felt quite, you know, like, where am I? Where is my place? And saying that she has been ridiculous with Percy. She loves him so much. She's never been jealous She's never, you know, I, I've heard of some children being quite like resentful and they, they lash mm-hmm. out at them. Mm-hmm. And um, she's never really, like, tried to compete for our attention. She's really understanding and knows that we need to be with Percy. But um, the guilt that I felt for not giving her the attention was just, like, unreal. It's getting better now. Yeah. And it's, I still kind of have pangs of it. But, um, yeah, it was a huge adjustment getting used to sharing yourself with with two little bubbers <laughs> and constantly yeah. feeling, like, um, feeling like I'm not giving Percy what I gave Tilly and I'm not giving Tilly what I gave her before Percy was here. So it's yeah. constantly that feeling like you're never giving everybody enough, but actually everyone's yeah. fine, you know. Um, yeah. yeah, but it's just that mum guilt thing, trying to get yourself through that, yeah.
0: Yeah, no, for sure. I can, um, appreciate that even though I'm not going through it and I love following you guys on Instagram. I think that um, they're both <laughs> so cute and yeah, I love, I love what you post and sort of keep it real. So thank you for always sharing that. And thank you very much for coming on the podcast and sharing your birth stories and sort of journeys after birth with us. I really appreciate it. And love that they're so different. I think, um, people will get a lot out of that. And if they're considering a home birth, I think your story would definitely be convincing. So thank you.
1: Oh, thank you. Thank you very much. Yeah. I just, with the, with the home birth, I just think, um, you know, there's so much scaremongering that happens out there and I know they're not for everybody, but they really are a natural beautiful thing if everything's ticking along quite smoothly in your pregnancy it's totally a viable option for people and you know I think people don't need to be scared they can trust their bodies and their midwives and just know that there's back up there if they need it so yeah, yeah I can't rate mine enough if I don't know <laughs> yet if we're going to have another child but um <laughs> uh, we always said we wouldn't we were always like no two it is but um, I just have this overwhelming sense of not being finished,
0: <laughs> yeah,
1: uh Sam's definitely finished, so I might have to work <laughs> on some convincing there, but um, yeah, if we have another if we do have another baby, it will definitely be another home birth or going to plan, so yeah, yeah, can't rate it enough. Awesome. Thank you so much for allowing me to tell my story. <laughs>
0: no, it was awesome to have you. Thank you thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Kiwi Birth Tales podcast. I really hope you enjoyed it. I'd love to hear your feedback, so either leave a review on the podcast app that you're listening on or head to our Instagram at Kiwi KiwiBirthTales and leave a comment there. If you're interested in sharing your birth tale, then please head to the Instagram page and use the email link to get in touch. Thanks again for listening. I really look forward to sharing the next episode with you.
1: Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time.